Welcome to the XY Advisor Podcast, a global community of financial advisors sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice. To get involved, go to xyadvisor.com or simply download the XY Advisor app. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Astute Wheel. Provide valuable goals-based advice using simple-to-use online client data collection tools, have values and goals discussions, conduct live modeling, produce file notes, strategy papers, SOAs, and automate compliance. back to the XY Advisor Podcast. I am Fraser Jack and today we are up to episode four of our six-part series on uh, talking all things around the idea of client goals, values, uh, values-based financial planning and looking at the concept of all the different moving parts to it. Uh, again, I'm joined by Naomi. G'day, Naomi. G'day, Fraser. How are you going? Tremendous. Thank you for asking. Uh, we're talking all things today around uh, the conversation of, you know, looking at goals, um, prioritizing them, working out which ones are achievable, uh, putting some some numbers and some time horizons around them, and then having those conversations with clients. So uh, let's let's kick this off. Sure. Um, so tell us about what you do here in this space. You've got, uh, you know, obviously once you start getting into the client goals and understanding what they are, um, obviously there's a lot of them that some are achievable, some aren't. Uh, we sort of mentioned that in the last episode. Tell us about uh, tell us about how you start then modelling and looking at goals and working out which ones are going to be the, the right thing to, for the clients to focus on. Yeah, look, I, I think once we've kind of defined those goals into um, objectives, um, then that allows you to really determine the priorities of those. Um, so you're going to have objectives that are very long term. So the whole retirement um, position, you're going to have the short term objectives, which uh, you can then model out and say, you know, that's going to be achieved in year X, X or Y. Uh, and then the, the, the medium term objectives um, that where you're trying to set up and establish something that allows them to hit that target within that particular time frame. So as you were saying that, I was I, I had this visual that um, in the last thing, we're really talking about emotional, it's a real emotional conversation, you know, in, the, in that progress meeting where you're talking about what their goals are. And this is the practical, this is the other side of the coin, right? So we had the emotional conversations. Now let's look at the practical conversation. <laughs> Exactly. Like we've, we've gone through the, you know, the feeling side of things and we kind of know what's important to that person and we've determined where their headspace is at in terms of what they want to achieve. And now it's like, right, now we're down to the, the nuts and bolts of it. I can't work with airy fairy. I have to work with specific numbers. That's my job. So now we've converted all that, um, desire into practical, uh, ad- objectives that we can measure on an ongoing basis. Um, and so we can then start doing some real work in terms of putting those into particular scenarios and models. Yeah. So there's, 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 and there's obviously there's two, there's two parts to this is what you can do as the advisor, but then there's also the practical conversations around what the clients need to do, right. With regard to, you know, if I think of the old sets and reps conversation, it's very nice to say, I want to be fit and that'd be amazing and wonderful and have, uh, um, you know, have, uh, have big, big, big guns. Uh, but then the idea of going to the gym and actually doing the sets and reps is the, uh, is the practical side of it. So, um, 
tell us about both that from an advisor point of view and then how you sort of help your clients with what they need to do. Thanks, Fraser. Yeah, so look, you can lead the horse to water, but you can't make the horse drink. So everything that we do in terms of uh, putting a fantastic advice document together that's got all the scenarios and the modelling and all our recommendations as to how they're going to achieve something uh, is only as good as the paper it's printed on from that perspective. It's then up to the client to tap into and and take on board what it is we're recommending and believe that the path that we're showing them is the way forward for them Uh, and then, you know, that they do want that help and that they're prepared to put the effort into making that happen. And that's, uh, you know, obviously I think it's probably easier to show them the the practical side because you can do the modelling and you can say if you did these things and you did this, that and that, then these goals are going to be achievable and you're going to be able to have these great outcomes. Um, But then there's the motivational side, as you just mentioned, the idea of how do you actually then turn that motivation into an ongoing habit? And I guess that's a really hard part. Yeah, look, I think where it comes to – you know, savings and budgeting and cash flow management. Um, a lot of the people we work with tend to be reasonable with those things uh, already. Uh, I have worked with clients where they're really bad at it and you have to really do a lot of hand-holding to help them put in place really good habits. Uh, and the one thing I say to people is that it is easier to save first. And so that's one of the strategies um, that we help clients implement is to really just set aside the things into the short, medium and longer term buckets that they require to, to, the, to be able to then hit those goals. Yeah. Now uh, let's talk about prioritization because sometimes this, um, if we've got, you know, that, I love that old saying, you can have anything you want, you just can't have everything, uh, which I, I'm a, I suffer from because I want everything from time to time. So uh, tell us about how you uh, help people with prioritization. Yeah, I think, look, I think in some respects this comes through the modeling. Um, so if we've got competing goals or conflicting goals, um, we can model out various scenarios and really show people, uh, you know, is scenario A going to achieve everything you want to achieve or is it going to be scenario B or perhaps there might be a third scenario that we're investigating to assist them to really help make that decision around how they're going to get from, um, you know, point A to point B and achieve as many of the goals as possible. Uh, and then having the conversation with the client to say, look, you know, if we do model A, uh, that's going to get you 80% of the way there. If we do model B, it will get you, you know, 50% of the way there. But model C, have a look at this. If we do these things, you'll get 100% of the way there. Uh, but you might not be able to do every single thing that you that is on your list. What are you, you know, you may have to sacrifice something. And I think this is a really important part of the process, that visual concept of them then seeing the numbers, seeing the modelling going, ah, right, now I get it. Yeah, look, some people, um, most people appreciate something visual to help them understand those numbers. Um, You know, you can put a spreadsheet in front of most people and they won't be able to interpret it. Um, So if you can put graphs and, um, you know, charts ahead of them then they're much more likely to see it and understand it and then also um, own it 
And that's really what we want them to do is to own their own stuff and go, wow, you know, if we do A, B, C, and D, we're going to get to where we want to be because the model is helping us to see that. Yeah, I think that's a really very, very important point. If somebody owns it in their own head, uh, then they're going to much more likely to want to, to achieve it. Hey, Naomi, thanks for catching up to us with us today. We'll, uh, we look forward to chatting to you in the next episode where we start talking about the idea of uh, down the track and, and keeping clients motivated and on track to achieving their goals. Thanks, Fraser. It's my pleasure. Welcome back to the conversation, Craig Buntain. Uh, g'day, Fraser. How are you doing today? Very well, very well. Now, uh, we uh, sort of uh, left off the last episode. We were talking about, um, you know, your discovery meeting and, uh, and getting all that really, really rich and valuable information out of your client's head. Uh, and then, of course, on to uh, something, onto paper. You mentioned uh, before that you, uh, you house it in a, in, in a tool. Um, yep. And so t- tell us about that. Yeah, so um, I have in the past, until a couple of years ago, really been uh, doing all this stuff on a whiteboard. Uh, that's become more and more difficult with uh, COVID, obviously. <laughs> um, so what I've what I've turned to is a tool that we've been using for quite some time, uh, the Astute Wheel. Now they really upped the ante with a what they've got is a goals uh, tool uh, within that piece of software that helps you. It brings through the goals that the clients have written down in their initial kind of fact find, and it allows you to go through rank the importance of those goals, have the discussions about which are the which are the most important, whether they're short term, long term. Um, medium-term goals, um, whether any of them conflict with each other, and if so, which is the priority, and then also the staging of the advice we might need to do. So do we need to actually stage the advice we're going to provide over a number of years? Yeah, so it's sort of a foundation. Talk talk to me about prioritization because I think this is one thing that, uh, you know, everybody wants to have uh, everything, um, but it doesn't quite work that way when you start introducing numbers because it's sort of in the the discovery meeting, there's a lot of emotion um, that comes out of it. Whereas this sort of, this part of the process is, is we, we start to put your, you know, your, 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 your planner brain over the laying it going, well, that's not going to happen. Uh, this yeah. one is, so there's a little bit of managing expectations. Let's talk about the idea of, you know, those conflicting, uh, goals because we, you know, we want money for everything. What, uh, and how do we have those prioritizing conversations with clients? Yeah, well, I tend to, um, depending on what those goals are that are in conflict, if it's stuff like I really want to pay down my house, but I also want to save for my retirement. So you want to pay down your debt or do you want to um, save for your retirement, which is the most important? Um, Or which should you do from a financial point of view? So I quite often tell clients that, you know, there's potentially two answers to this question. One's which is going to help you sleep at night. And two is, which is numerically better, you know, which if we actually look at it, we put you in the best financial position. And, and there is a trade-off there that you have to have a conversation with. So it's really just, um, for me, noting down the client's thoughts as to what's the priority with that. Uh, I tend to give them the information, but let them lead when it comes to that sort of thing, because I do think that sleep at night test is one of the most important ones. If, if they're not going to be comfortable with the strategy that you're providing, it could be the best strategy in the world, but they're not going to do it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. And in, in, in the past uh, episode, you mentioned the, the, the idea around compliance for this, because this is a really interesting part. Um, 
you know, emotionally, and obviously compliance talks about things like best interest, but, you know, like what is in the best interest of somebody emotionally versus what's in the best interest of somebody financially um, yes. could be an interesting, uh, an interesting can of worms to open up because sometimes what makes you rich may not make you happy and what makes you happy may not make you rich. Exactly, yeah. It would be interesting to see how ASIC treats that one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so it's, it's very easy to quantify. In this, in this case, it comes back down to quantifying it, right? Because it's easy to quantify if you're financially better off. It's easy to say that, okay, yes. you financially you are better off to do this one thing. But uh, the only way to really work out if you're happier in this scenario is to find out how happy you are now and then how happy you are after, right? That's, that's sort of right. how doctors. That's how doctors do it. They say, "How much pain are you in now? Take this medication. How much pain are you in?" Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that, that's exactly it. And I think that um, being able to have kind of a, a ranking system of the goals that you know you've got a a general rule of thumb with as to how you would how you would rank them, and you know, um, so using Astute Wheel, once again, there's a few tools in there where you can show people the financial benefits of one strategy over another. Now, that gives them the ability to make that informed decision and see the consequences in numerical terms of their of their actions from a lifestyle perspective or their preference, I, I suppose, for the lifestyle um uh, point of view, and and the great thing about using that type of very visual modelling is they can really quickly see it. It's not something that you have that conversation about the goals, and then they're waiting until you present the SOA to find out the consequences of, you know, what we could have done for them. It, you might be able to give them enough numbers to show them that you know maybe they have to have to be a little bit softer on some of their lifestyle goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes it's the uh, the reality check that um, that kicks in, and I do like the idea of using visuals to demonstrate. I think um, it certainly helps with the client understanding point of view. That's exactly right. Yeah, they and they understand then what their what the consequences are of of each of their answers um, yep. to to the goals and the prioritization of them. Yeah, and, and they, they do and- change. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that probably brings us into the next episode where we look at, you know, controlling who can control what and the fact that, uh, if you know, a client's uh, behaviours may affect um, a lot of this around when we come to tracking towards goals. So we might leave it there for this episode. Uh, Craig, thanks for joining us today. Uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Okay, great. Thanks, Fraser. Welcome back to our series on goals and values-based advice. Kate Americano. Thanks, Fraser. Fantastic to chat to you again. I really enjoyed the, our, our last chat regarding uh, all of the different things around the discovery meeting. Um, in this one, we're really talking about uh, you know keeping that um, that emotion up with the goal, keeping the keeping the goal front and center, and in a place where clients can regularly see it. Yeah, so you can actually incorporate it as part of the you know have it have their goals, so their top five goals listed. They've got a you, you can have a matrix. Um, you can have them printed out on little cards so they can see them front and center. Um, and so it, it's up to the financial planning practice to decide how they want to incorporate that. I would certainly incorporate it if you're doing your um, you know if it's a statement of advice, I'd have it as part of the front of the pack. You know how they're rating and you yeah later you can review that. I know we'll chat about that a bit later on, Fraser, but I'd be incorporating it in that way. Um, You know, you can have other affirmations and things around your goals and stuff like that, but that's how I I really would um, kind of go about that process. Yeah, thinking thinking back to some of the episodes um, that we've, we've we've been on, you mentioned showing you care quite a lot in those in those conversations we've had, and 
you know, again, in this situation, now that you've got that information, you've got that really valuable insight into who this human being is, the, 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 you know, the deep insight into who they are. Um, it, it seems to me like it's a bit of a no-brainer that that should be front and centre of the beginning of all of the stuff that you send to them, um, whether it's a, whether you create a, um, a visual around it or whether, whether you create something around it. So it's not just the client can see that you know that, but all of your staff can, can also see that that is what the client's um, you know, feeling underneath them. Yeah, absolutely, Fraser, and th- and that allows the um, the financial planner and all the star to know if you they they have that in a really great whether it's their part of their CRM or in their you know their visual so they can easily see when a client calls in. Um, so th- you know there'll be times when clients are going to be in conflict with their values. So, you know they. Are, they may be trading it off and thinking, oh, I need to buy that or I'm out of alignment. And like that's when you can have those really great conversations and link it back into the actual value. Um, so, you know, if it was financial freedom or freedom and suddenly clients want to go and buy, you know, their latest car and you're like, oh, a bit of a trade off going here. So let's talk that through. Let's see how you're really going to feel about that. Why are you wanting to do it? You know, just being able to, um, yeah. So absolutely, I would say for the business, um, for the financial planning practice, for all the staff to know those values of the clients and and to be able to weave that into their daily conversations when they're having, you know, um, or, or know when when a client's in and out of alignment with that. Yeah. In the last episode, you spoke a lot about the trade-off conversation and, and prioritization. And I think that's probably a, a very easy one to come back to if somebody says, you know, oh, I want to do this thing. You can sort of think, well, is that now the new priority? Are we getting rid of this other priority? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's completely the case. And, and it works for any age group, you know, like it's uh, – I use it on my sons. I think they had a family value and a friend value and I'm like, whoa, you're trading off the family for the friends here, <laughs> you know. It, it, it's ageless. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I love it. You're using it to guilt your son, your, yeah. your kids into spending more time with him. Um, love it. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess uh, I guess the, the big thing here is um, is making sure that that stays front of mind. Yeah, so the way I would, well, uh, the way I do it in my coaching is it's always, it's like they have the pack and they have the scorecard. Um, so for financial planners, it's about whether they use the same scorecard, more than welcome to use my scorecard and adapt it for themselves. But I would definitely be including it into the packs that they have and as part of the CRM. Um, you're just going to need to be able to define it a bit more. Like, um, or I mean, yeah, you can have – maybe it is just having the, you know, the user-defined field with the top five values. Um, and because even tracking – yeah, I know we'll chat about that later, but even having as that changes and moves forward, um, it's really interesting to see. So, Definitely incorporate it into your um, any of your you know review preview packs, annual progress meeting packs, um, as the absolute heart and centerpiece of um, you know whether it's part of the executive summary, um, that lovely little visual on it, um, yeah, is is worthwhile. Fantastic. Now I know we talked about um, you know messaging and branding uh, in, a, in a much earlier episode, but. Um, once people then go through this process and now know or understand it themselves a little bit better by understanding their values, do you think that also becomes part of their conversation that they have with, uh, you know, with their friends and family? Yeah, 
Absolutely. Just even just from my own experience, Fraser, is the amount of people that I was referred from just doing it once. Like, yeah, like there was honestly after one Facebook Live, there was probably yeah about 50 people that rang up to do values-based conversation because um, people want to – you know why? Because people want to know about themselves. Um, and if a financial planner knows – like it's, a, it's such a point of differentiation – I just see it so valuable on the pun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. I mean, from my own personal experience, it was actually quite difficult to work out what my values are the first time I did the did the exercises. And I was like, oh, I think they're this and that and the other. And, and then when you did the exercise, those other things were important, but they were lower down the priority list. Yeah. And then uh, and then, so it was quite a difficult process from a, a human being point of view. You had to have a lot of emotional flexibility around it. And yeah. then, um, but then after you've done it, um, once or even twice, it becomes it's a bit like riding a bike. It's a lot easier the next few times. Yeah, it is. And as you um, get in alignment with them, the values actually can evolve. There's some that will just stay and be part of your DNA and are non-negotiable. Um, but as you actually achieve them or you feel, right, I'm more in alignment, it doesn't mean that that value is not important to you anymore. It just means that there's another one that is up further up the scale that you want to focus on. Um, and if you're kind of looking at it in terms of, of that whole Maslow's hierarchy of needs and reaching that, you know, true potential self-actualization, then what you're wanting to be able to do is get more in alignment with the things that are um you know, that are important to you. And so that it, it does mean that you can potentially be shifting on on your values on a, um, you know, on an annual basis as you get more in alignment with them. Fantastic. Thank you, Kate, for sharing. Uh, we look forward to catching you in the next episode. Pleasure. Thanks, Fraser. Welcome back, Tim, to this episode where we're talking about all things around looking after housing the goals and having those metrics and conversations with your client. Thank you, Fraser. Fantastic to have you along. Uh, now, tell us about your process when it comes to you know these goals. We sort of mentioned before that you uh, got some really great stuff when it comes to the clients, uh, you know, underlying or over overarching values towards their health and family and well being, and, and that you've collected some goals along the way. But how are you actually keeping those goals front of mind and, and housing them? Yeah, I think it's really important too because at the end of the day, it all comes back to that. So um, I really feel like. It, if we stand back from the advice that we give and we think are people going to engage in this, it's going to come back to am I really knocking over these big things in life and feel like I'm building momentum there? So um, I think we we always have these at the front of all of our documents. So we, we use a system that can store it pretty well. In fact, it, it just keeps that list, that tally in there. And we're able to um, send that link out to the clients to alter it. Here's what we've got on file for you as your goals. Want to change that? Um, they can change that really easily. It comes back into our system. We can update it and we can then uh, elaborate on that. And we would include it in the documents that we give them. So if we give them a statement of advice, we're going to have the goals at the front. If we give them a record of advice, well, we've been told actually not to have them in there. But because um, they just want the record of advice to be uh, compliance driven, but we would have it sitting behind because we do a we call it a game changer report, which is our review report that sits in behind that has the goals on the front. So in all our discussions, it's the starting point. When you say all your discussions, I'm thinking this is not just you, right? This is your staff as well. 
Yeah, them having access to that, understanding what the client's yeah, goals and absolutely. motivations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so um, interestingly, when we or any of our staff go in there, all of this is contained in the document that they send back to us or it's contained in the system itself, like in their little portal section of it. They don't have access to it, but we do. Um, and the way we build all our documents anyway is we build it a bit like a production line in a word just in a Word document and, and everyone's in the team puts different parts in. So we're all engaging in, in the different elements and building the report. So, yeah, that they get to see um, everything that the client's trying to achieve and, and how they're tracking to that. Yeah, fantastic. And uh, and when you're talking about we'll, – we'll sort of get into the, the idea of tracking uh, in the next episode. Yeah. But um, when you, you mentioned the, the housing then then the client's little portal. Does that mean their clients can go in and, and visualise that? In the the version that we've got, so we we use Astute Wheel for that interaction and those reports, we would have to push that out to them. But we've also got, um, we give our clients um, My Prosperity and they can also articulate their goals in there um, in pretty neat and cool ways as well. So um, they definitely can do that in there. And then it, it's more that, that portal is no, it's it's something that we have access to, and um, yep. we we would in, engage with them in a meeting, but no, they don't have ongoing access to it. Yeah, how, how important is visuals or uh, in this in this scenario? Oh, I, I just think it's massive. You know, we, I think what we've learned from, and I can probably go on and say we we do the Dreamcatcher program in our business. That's something that we offer our annual clients. And the whole strength of that is the visualization. So if they, can, I think if again going back to the emotional side of things, and um, you know we we we've talked Fraser about the fact that we're both <laughs> emotional beings, um, you, to be able to really feel something, you've got to be able to visualize it, don't you? Um, and I think so often um, just having those great visuals coming through in what we're putting together for clients before we get into the numbers, um, it's helping just them frame up because they're, they're busy. You know, they might have had a bad few weeks of work or they've got a sick child at home or something. They've got other worries on their mind. They're not sitting there walking and going, yeah, now I perfectly remember how we've got all my goals structured and what, I'm, what I told Tim I'm setting out to achieve. It's their opportunity. I always think it's your opportunity to block the world out for an hour or 90 minutes and come into our office and it's just about you and re-engaging with what you were trying to do. Have things changed? Maybe that's not as important anymore. Maybe you're going to substitute something else in. So it's really just their opportunity to add to their blank canvas, if you if you like. Yep. And you mentioned the Dreamcatcher program. For those people who don't know what that is, do you want to give a quick explanation of how that works? And Yeah. So we, we designed something a few years ago. Um, and we would offer it to our existing client base, uh, an invitation to come every year. And uh, ultimately it goes through um, things like your values, what's important to you, um, what gives you happiness. Um, and ultimately the clients produces a six-page small booklet which just outlines those those key things. Nothing more than articulating that with a few uh, pictures that relate to that. 
you know. So yeah. if they say they were want, they dream of living in Italy for six months, the booklet just has a few pictures of Italy and that, that statement. And, and for them to articulate it and stand by it and have that delivered back to them, oh, it, you would think it, well, so what? I, I've had someone, an advisor, say this to, to me. They said, why would someone be interested in doing getting that back? Because they already know that. But it's the power of the visual and it's the power of the fact that they put it in writing. Yep. And it's, it's, I think it's also the power that they can show their friends if we go back to our first episode <laughs> yeah. about branding. Yeah. Well, that's right because, again, it just reinforces back to that branding. What do we want people to think of when they think of us? Uh, we're helping people do the things that are going to make them happy because at the end yep. of the day, we remember these big things. We don't remember the small little hurdles that we had to clear to get there. Yeah, fantastic. I love it. Helping people do the things that make them happy. Let's leave it there on this episode. Uh, in the next episode, we'll come back, uh, episode number five, and we'll have a chat about uh, how are you modifying and tracking those goals along the way. Cool. Welcome back, Michael. Thanks very much. How are you doing, Fraser? I'm very good. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Um, in this episode, we are getting stuck into the idea of keeping goals front and center for clients. What are you seeing? Yeah, so I think if you're going to be serious about providing goals-based advice, then that needs to be your approach. They're really important. You know, financial planning can be quite complex and there can be quite a lot of strategies that a client just can't get their head around. But what they can understand is I've got a list of 10 goals. These are the things I want to achieve. This is when I want to achieve them and this is how I'm tracking. And and I'll believe you because I had three last year that we've achieved already and so I've ticked those off. And so now I'm pretty sure that you as my advisor can help me um, achieve those other goals. So uh, very, very yep. important and an easy way to show the value that you provide to clients by helping them with their goals and helping them achieve them, helping them tick them off. And I think if you do that, you're going to have a pretty happy client that's not going anywhere. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned the idea of having some goals that are achievable. I think this is a really important part. Let's, let's dig into this. Uh, when you're talking to your client about um, you know, setting a few goals, it's actually quite it, – it's great to have a few that uh, – uh, I don't like the use the term low-hanging fruit, but it's the conversation around saying, well, that's actually a few that we can get a few early runs on the board. Exactly, yeah. And it could be something as simple as debt restructuring. So, you know, let's look at your debt. looks like it's in a mess. You've got some pretty expensive debt like personal loans and credit cards. You've got quite a lot of equity. Let's wrap that up, get you into new debt that's a lot cheaper, and let's free up some money we can do something else with. And so, one, you've knocked over debt pretty quickly. You've restructured their debt. Hopefully, they don't run their credit card up again, so they might need some help around that. And, um, you know, let's take that money that you're saving uh, or that cash flow that you have improved, and let's go and do something else like buy cars, go overseas, um, put money into super and so on. Yep. So uh, so having that, having a few things that you can tick off the list, I think is really important. And bringing that back to some sort of an emotional thing, is it decluttering, feeling better, you know, like knowing where you're up to, understanding rather than rather than the uh, the, the, the restructuring term or the, the technical term, trying to get uh, trying to get that into their their goal around the idea of some sort of an emotional aspect. That, uh, that takes place when you do tidy stuff up. Exactly. And then they can see the value that you provide pretty quickly. Now, yep. you know, in, in um, I guess, financial planning terms, there's stuff that they can do themselves, um, but there's plenty that they can't do and they need help with. And so it's to make sure that um, you can help them achieve those goals. 
Yep. Now you mentioned the idea of 10. Now I love this number because it, one, it's a nice round number, but two, it also gives people, you know, uh, goals throughout time, you know, obviously short term, you know, getting a few done now, focus on some short term stuff as well as, as well as understanding that, you know, you can spend some time doing, creating these habits that are going to be benefit you for the longer term goal as well, just understanding. But I also think it's something that, uh, as you mentioned, if you're hitting short term goals, your trust in the in the concept of being able to hit the long term goals increases um, exactly and 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 the research shows that the more emotionally you're connected to clients and the more goals that they can help you kick um, the the better it is and the deeper the relationship and the longer that the relationship is and as those levels of trust are built they are more likely to refer you so um, you know going back to episode one on how do you get new clients well if you've got a a bunch of good clients and you've got some goals that are achievable and some that are you know almost that they thought were out of reach but you show them that they're actually possible and you help them achieve them the level of trust goes up exponentially and their loyalty to you as an advisor um, goes up and you become more referable because they're happy to refer doesn't mean they're going to go out there shaking trees for you but it's when people get asked questions they'll then be more likely to refer. Yep. And, uh, and talk to me about the, the concept of visually being able to, uh, you know, see their goal, um, you know, house from the, on the, from the advisor's point of view that, that, that they can be focused on their goal because they can see it. Uh, the, the client, the advisor can also be focused on the goal because they can see it as well. Yes. I think there's two aspects to that. The first one is, having a tool that you can open up on a screen with the client and say, here are the goals that you articulated. Let's go through each one now and turn it into a smart goal. Let's see where we are, what kind of date we want to aim for, how much money is required and how you're going to achieve those and make each goal really robust and then have it very visual where you've got the goal on the one side, whether it's high, medium or low priority and when it's going to happen in a priority order. And then having a little timeline or a um, almost like traffic lights, you know, red is we haven't started on this yet, to amber, we're kind of getting going, to green, we're on our way, to, you know, dark green, we've achieved it, or we're really on track to get there. And having that as a visual tool that you can work on with the client, and then being able to press a button that generates a report that you can give to the client. And here's, here's a one pager of all your goals and what they are and the order of priority, and they can take them away f- with them. So that's a valuable document for you as the advisor. It's really valuable to the client as well. And you know, one of the things we try and do in our software is enable the advisor to do everything once. So once you've got their goals sorted out, that information can flow into the scoping tool it can go into the soa it can go into the letter of engagement and as you do each step and you only do it once the information's there and it's captured and it can go into those other tools and on an annual basis you can call it up again and it's live where you left it last year and have a discussion with the client and update things and give them a new report so very very valuable tool and make it visual um, now, some yep. clients might want to go beyond that and do like a dream board and, and, and do that kind of stuff. So I don't know if some advisors get into that or not, but certainly having a list and making it a nice visual tool is, is really valuable. Yeah, I also think it's really valuable for not just the advisors, but um, everybody in the office. So, you know, obviously support pl- staff, 
play a big part in the conversations with clients, especially if they're calling in or they're, they're having interactions with them. I think yeah. it's also really important that you, your staff understand what are the, the motivations and goals and dreams and hopes and aspirations of, of the clients and be able to visually see them. Yeah, wouldn't that be cool? I, I don't know if it's politically correct to have Friday night drinks, but it'd be nuts if, if you didn't. But to have your whole team together, Friday night drinks, and have a number of people in the group say, you know, I met this week with these three clients and these are the seven goals that kick between them um, and make it a bit of a celebration as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I also, um, it also brings into another concept that's been, I've seen a lot lately, which is, you know, advisors not siloing their clients just as an individual client, but also saying, okay, we're going to host a, um, uh, we're going to host an event and invite all these clients that have a similar goal. In fact, it might have been, as you mentioned, let's say it's travel overseas or something, we might, um, we might put something on where we've got somebody who's talking about the, the, the 10 best places to travel or visit in the world and, 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 and have an event like that and actually bring clients together. Yeah. So um, I know an advisor that used to do that quite often and he had in the same office block that he was had a really good travel agent and the travel agent used to come and do those kind of presentations for them because it resulted in business for them. But they could also you know, um, have some case studies of, of that as well. Uh, and you know something like a five-minute financial health check as well. If you're going to run, say, a, a, a event for 50 of the accountants' clients, if you get all 50 of those clients to fill in a five-minute health check, you then find common issues, and you can put that up on the screen and go, "We surveyed 50 of you. These are the things that you're all concerned about, and these are the three things that you are most concerned about. Let's delve into that. Let's look at some goals that some people have set to." achieve what was highlighted in those five-minute health checks and here's some actual real people that that achieve those i think it's yes. really really powerful fantastic some great ideas thank you michael for coming along to this episode we'll uh, we'll catch you in the next episode when we're talking about tracking towards and progressing goals fantastic see you then <laughs>